0: This is from my favorite band, the human beings, the faithful, the graceful, the tragic, the classic, the evidence of things unseen,
1: the book of light, the mansions of the moon, the bones of fear to own, recently discovered in everything, but no, the doubt is doubts about it, never made it untrue, life, the gift, peace out, the pressure, can't remember how you came and when I'm better, how you exit from the start, the only thing certain is the end. Promise to all and none, know not when heartbreak from yesterday and fret for tomorrow. I leave you now filled with anxiety and hollow. If
0: you pray, don't worry. If you worry, don't pray. My homie told it to me just the other day. From the tall castle walls to the mean teeth streets, I hope you get what you want. And if you want what you need, I Thank you. Everyone have a seat, be comfortable, relax. I, 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 I gotta tell you. Let's go, let's go. I need you guys to know something. And I'm gonna tell you the truth, and don't get freaked out, this is gonna be my last special for a minute. It's all good, it's all good. Listen, listen to me. I I did it in Detroit for that reason. That's right. You wanna know why? Because I talked so much shit about Detroit in the first special, I figured I might as well. Do the last special here. Sorry about that, by the way. First of all, before I even start, I want to say that I'm rich and famous. And and the only reason I say that is because the last 17 months were hell, and I cannot imagine what everybody went through, but I'm happy to see you, and I'm happy you're well, and I hope everyone you love is okay. I don't want you to worry about me, I'm vaccinated. I uh, got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I gotta admit, that's probably the most niggerish decision I've made in a long time. (laughs) I walk in the doctor like, give me the third best option. I'll have what the homeless people are having. (laughs) <laughs> so far, so good. And I know you probably heard on the news, I did. I did get coronavirus, and it was, it was something else. Like, okay, first of all, when the doctor told me I had coronavirus, I, I got to tell you, I was surprised how it made me feel. I felt dirty. I felt gross. Cause I've been walking around Texas, just touching doorknobs and shit, hands all moist. Tipping niggas with cash. Here, take this to your family. I must've killed thousands of people. Just trying to get tonight's show together. So I hope you appreciate it. Cause a lot of niggas dying for me to get this one off. I hadn't felt that dirty in a long time. Last time I can remember feeling dirty like that, man, I must have been a little boy. I was being molested by a preacher. Well, don't feel bad for me, I liked it. I used to get a kick out of coming in that fellow's face. Well, he asked me to do it. They make you quarantine. I had to quarantine for 10 days at least. He's gonna have to stay in the room. I didn't go nowhere. And and, and it started making me nuts because I would just sit in the room and and watch videos all day. Now, you know what I was watching? And I hate to say this, but there was a lot of videos, sadly, of black people (laughs) beating up Asians for no reason. Oh, these attacks were unprovoked. I couldn't believe it. And I was sitting in the room watching this shit. It was stressing me out. I was stressed already because the whole time when you get coronavirus, at least the first five days, you wait, to see how sick you're gonna get. And it turns out, and this is true, I didn't get sick at all. Not a cough, not a booger, not a fever, nothing. Look at me. I am the Magic Johnson of coronavirus. I just sat in the crib and got strong all week. <laughs> but I was stressed because I kept watching these videos of my beloved black people beating up my beloved Asian people and being so cruel. And the whole time I watched those videos, this is fucked up, but I couldn't help but feel like uh, when I saw these brothers beating these Asians up, it's probably what's happening inside of my body. I didn't get sick. (laughs) I also saw a lot of videos of UFOs. I mean, what the fuck has been going on with that shit? These niggas are here. These UFOs keep coming to Earth, and it made me think of an idea for a movie. Sounds dumb, but hear me out. In my movie idea, we find out that these aliens are originally from Earth that they're from an ancient civilization that achieved interstellar travel and left the Earth thousands of years ago. Some other planet they go to and things go terrible for them in the other planet. So they come back to Earth, decide that they want to claim the Earth for their very own. It's a pretty good plot line, huh? I call it space Jews. Space Jews. All right. It's going to get worse than that. Hang in there. <laughs> it's going to get way worse than that. Then I thought of an idea for a children's book. I actually wrote it. It's coming out soon. The book is designed to help parents teach their children about racism, which... If you're a parent, you know, is an impossible concept to teach to a child, but I'm doing it. The book is about a big, strong, beautiful black man with a benign, regular-ass white name. And he has a white speaking voice. So whenever this motherfucker calls to get a reservation at a restaurant, oh, he gets the reservation. (laughs) That name and that voice, who could resist him? Now I should tell you, this black man is literally an actual giant, and he's a strong dude. And when he shows up to them restaurants, they see that big giant black dude, they say, you can't come in here. And, and, and they call the police. And, and, and in every installment of the book, the police come and, and they always shoot him. But remember, no, no, remember, this guy is a giant. These bullets don't kill him, they don't even hurt him. They just break his heart. It's called Clifford the Big Black Nigger, anyone? My last special because I have an objective tonight. I came here tonight because this body of work that I've done on Netflix, I'm going to complete. All the questions you might have had about all these jokes I've said in the last few years, I hope to answer tonight. And I'd like to start by addressing the LBGTQ <laughs> community director. And I want every member of that community to know that I come here tonight in peace. <laughs> and I hope to negotiate the release of the baby. <laughs> sad, sad, sad story. The baby was the number one streaming artist until about a couple weeks ago. We took a nasty spill on stage and said some, uh, said some wild stuff about the LBGTQ community uh, during a concert in Florida. Uh, now, you know I go hard in the paint, but even I saw that shit and was like, God damn, the baby. Ooh, he pushed the button, didn't he? He pushed the button, punched the LBGTQ community right in the AIDS. Can't do that. Can't do that. But I do believe, and I'll I'll make this point later, that that the kid made a a very egregious mistake. I will acknowledge that. But you know, a lot of the LBGTQ community doesn't know the baby's history. He's a wild guy. He once shot a nigga (laughs) and killed him in Walmart. Oh, this is true. Google it. The baby shot and killed a nigga in Walmart, North Carolina. Nothing bad happened to his career. <laughs> Do you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> in our country, you can shoot and kill a nigga, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. And this is precisely the disparity that I wish to discuss. I have a question for the audience. And this is a real question, I'm not joking around. Is it possible that a gay person can be racist? Do you really think so? Of course it's possible. Look at Mike Pence. No, I'm guessing, but I bet you he's gay. And he's not Pride Parade gay either. He's, he's sad gay. Feel bad for him. He looks like one of them gays that prays about it. Jesus, please take these dirty feelings out of my heart. (laughs) Please, Jesus, make these buttholes ugly to me. (laughs) I want to keep on tasting these dicks. (laughs) You guys are confusing the emotions. You think I hate gay people, and what you're really seeing is that I am jealous of gay people. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm not the only black person that feels this way. We blacks, we look at the gay community, we go, God damn it, look how well that movement is going. Look how well you are doing. And we've been trapped in this predicament for hundreds of years. How the fuck are you making that kind of progress? I can't help but feel like If slaves had baby oil and booty shorts, (laughs) we might've been free a hundred years sooner. You know what I mean? If Martin Luther King was like, I want everybody to get up on them floats. Get your bodies good and shiny. I don't hate gay people at all. I respect the shit out of you. Well, not all of it. I'm not that fond of these newer gays. Too sensitive, too brittle. Those aren't the gays I grew up with. I miss them old school gays, nigga. Them stonewall niggas, them the ones that I respect. They didn't take shit from anybody they fought for their freedom. I respect that shit. I'm not even gay and I want to be like a stonewall nigger. Them old-school gangster gays, them glory hole niggas, them the ones I like. These new gays don't even know what the glory hole is. It's a hole in the wall the gay contractors built. You wanna know why they put that hole in the wall? I'll tell you, and there's no nice way to say it because when they want to have some fun, they will put their penises in that hole and hope for the best. (laughs) I respect that shit. There's a lot of courage on both sides of that hole, nigga. I'm not even gay, and I want to try that glory hole out. What if Martin Luther King had to integrate the glory Hole? hope?
1: <laughs> I
0: don't care if it's black lips back there, white lips back there. A mouth is a mouth. A warm, wet mouth. I'm going all the way. I got in a fight, I almost got in a fight, it's complicated. I was in a bar in Austin with my wife. And, and, and uh, it was during COVID and, we, and, and uh, a woman came to our table and she was maskless. And this bitch came over, no mask, all H words. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Droplets was coming out of this bitch's face. We all covered our drinks. Ugh, baby. Now I looked over at the table that she came from and I peeped game. The men at the table were filming me. This happens when you're famous. People will come over and try to rattle your cage and get you to say something stupid or dumb so that their buddies can film it and they get a video of you embarrassing yourself. And clearly I said, this is what's happening. And these dumb motherfuckers thought that it was my first rodeo. Sadly it worked <laughs> I ran right over there. I said I'm pointing right in the camera. I said, you's a bitch-ass nigga for doing this to me <laughs> And the dude was shocked that I said it he said
1: oh
0: and when he did like this I seen all his fingernails was painted and I realized like uh-oh This fella's gay. Now, you know how I talk. I call everybody a bitch-ass nigga, you know what I mean? But that's not the right thing to do if they're gay, you know what I mean? And, and, and now I was in trouble. And not only that, the motherfucker was huge. He stood up, he was towering over me. He must have been 6'5", a big, white, corn-fed, Texas homosexual. This nigga was ready to fight. And he started barking on me, but I stood my ground. I wasn't scared. How could I be scared? This motherfuckers shirt was tied up in a knot like this. Fuck this guy. Let's go, nigga, let's go. I thought we were gonna come to blows. I I was ready, I was ready. And, and, And then, and then, right when you think we would fight, guess what he did? He picked up his phone and he called the police. And this, this thing I'm describing is a major issue that I have with that community gay people are minorities, until they need to be white again. (laughs) I'm being very brutally honest, so we can solve this problem. I'm telling you right now, a black gay person would've never done that to me. Because a black gay person knows when the police shows up, they're not gonna care who called them. They don't show up like, which one of you niggers is Clifford? (laughs) We're all Clifford. This happens far too often. Another time, about six years ago, there was a a lesbian woman that that tried to sell a story about me to TMZ. Thank goodness TMZ could see right through the sham of that story. This woman claimed that I beat her up in a nightclub because she was a lesbian. That is fucking crazy. (laughs) Bitch, I didn't even know you was a woman. Thank God TMZ didn't believe that. Because I did beat the shit out of her, I'm not gonna lie. It was her fault, I had no choice. I came in the club, minding my own business and a woman came up to me, she goes, oh my God, Dave Chappelle. And I was just being reciprocally nice. Hey, miss, how are you, blah, blah, blah. Benign talk, nothing to it. And all of a sudden, this lesbian fellow stepped between us. Hey, nigga, that's my girl. I said, yo, yo, my man, back up like that. She said, I ain't backing up off shit, nigga, that's my girl. I said, bro, you gonna have to give me three feet like this. She said, stop calling me a man, motherfucker. I'm a woman. I said, what? <laughs> and then I looked deep in this nigga's cheekbones. I said, oh, my God, you are a woman. It was just too much for me to even wrap my mind around. But I tell you what, I unballed my fist immediately and I softened my posture so that she would know she's in no danger. I even changed the tone of my voice. I said softly, sweetly, like a pimp might say. (laughs) Bitch, I'm about to slap the shit out of you. I should've done it. Oh, I wish I didn't say that. She dropped that foot back, boop. She was in a perfect Southpaw stance. Her shoulders were angled correctly. Her head movement was good. I said, oh no, this bitch box for real. She threw a wild hook at me and I saw it coming from yesterday. So I slipped it like this. I had no choice. I had to go to work. I let that jab go, you should've seen me go, nigga. I tenderized them titties like chicken cutlets. I whooped the toxic masculinity out of that bitch. <laughs> That's why I don't go out no more. Just trying to chill. I'm just trying to live a peaceful life. That's why I live in Ohio. You know, I live in a little town in Ohio. It must be like 3,700 people, small hippie town. Culturally, it might feel like, like Ann Arbor to you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Bunch of hippies and shit like that. And niggas always ask me like, Dave, why you live in that hippie town? And I'd be embarrassed to tell them the truth. But you know why I live there? Because Yellow Springs, Ohio, There's the most beautiful women in the world. And a lot of people might disagree with me, but you gotta see them for yourself. They're gorgeous. But it all depends on what you're into, you know what I mean? I like white bitches with dirty feet. (laughs) If I had a strip club in Yellow Springs, I would call that shit strippies. All naked hippies all the time. And I'd only hire girls with long titties and and long vagina hair that looks like they slept on it. (laughs) And I'm gonna keep a pile of dirt right next to the stage. I come up like, bitch, get your feet in that dirt and get up there and give those people what they came to see. Chalk up, bitch. A couple years ago, I was in Ohio at a shopping mall. An old white lady, this is true. She was, she was following me around the mall, which sounds paranoid, but I'm sure she was following me. Mean lady, too. You ever see a woman with lines on her face that just tell you, like even if she smiled, it looked like it would hurt. the muscles in her face. I knew she was following me because she was at places that had nothing to do with her. I'd be looking around like, what is this old bitch doing in GameStop and Foot and all the places I like to go? And every time I see her, she'd just be looking at me on oh, me. And eventually I forgot about her. So then after I'm shopping, I go all the way to the back of the parking lot and park all the way in the back. And, and as soon as I open my car door, I hear a voice go, David Chappelle. Just like that. I didn't even have to look. I knew it was her. And I looked back, and sure enough, there she was, that face. (laughs) To be honest with you, she probably wasn't even that old. She's probably around my age. But she was a white woman. This this bitch looked terrible. (laughs) Going all the way. I kept my cool. I was nice, I said, hello, miss. And she didn't say anything back. All she said was, I watch your comedy. I said, uh-oh. And then she says, it true, she goes, it sounds to me like you hate women. I said, well, you know what, miss? It's art, and you're free to interpret this art however you'd like, but I can tell you as the maker of this art, that I don't believe that I feel that way. And she said, well, I think, and I said, shut up, bitch, shut the fuck up. Before I kill you and put you in the trunk, ain't nobody around here. I'm just kidding, I didn't say that. I felt that way, but that's not what I said. I was more clever than that. You know what I said? And this is exactly what I said. I said, Miss, before you finish that statement, let me ask you a question. Where'd you see me? Did you buy a ticket to a concert I did? I doubt that. Or, 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 or maybe you watched one of my specials on Netflix. Or, or did I follow you to your car and do my act? <laughs> she said, what? I said, keep it in the comment section. Bitch, this is real life. Ta-ta. and then I drove off. (laughs) Now I gotta tell you, and this is gonna surprise some people here, but not everybody. People say things to me all the time, but what you don't know is it does affect me. I think about it. And that one bothered me a lot. I was driving home, couldn't stop thinking about what this woman said because she's not the first woman that said that to me. It's puzzling. You know what I mean? Like what could I possibly be saying that would make these bitches think I hate women. (laughs) Couldn't figure it out. So you know what I did? I Googled the dictionary definition of a feminist just to make sure I was talking about the right thing. And do you know, sir, what the dictionary definition of a feminist is? I didn't either. Listen to this. Webster's defines a feminist as a human being, not a woman, a human being that believes in equal rights for women. i was shocked that that's what that meant because by that definition, I would consider myself a feminist and I didn't even know that at the time. All these years, I thought it meant Frumpy Dyke. <laughs> well, that's who's always talking to me, some... Chicken overalls. Men are trying to rape us. Ah, not you, bitch. We please. <laughs> I know. Look, listen. Listen. I, I support the feminist movement. I do. In my own ways. When you guys did the women's march, I tried to go and support you. And none of my friends would go with me. I asked all the fellas, none of them wanted to go. I tried everything. Come on, y'all, its going to be bitches there. They was like, nope. (laughs) So what I did is I called my friend Ange. Ange is a black woman who's a comedy writer, and she's dope. Matter of fact, matter of fact, she's the only woman that I know personally that pays her ex-husband alimony. And she sounds just like a man when she does it. Fuck that broke motherfucker and all that. She says all oh, that shit. So I hit Ange up and I, I hit her on the text. And all I did, I texted her, I said, Ange, are you going to the women's march? A- and she texted me back and this is a real text. She said, <laughs> she said, I hope those white bitches get tear gassed. There's a problem in that feminist movement, isn't there? From its inception in America, there's always been a racial component. When Susan B. Anthony was having that meeting and Sojourner Truth's black ass showed up. Read your history books. All the white women asked Sojourner Truth not to speak. They didn't want to conflate the issues of women's rights and slavery. But you know how black bitches are, Sojourner Truth went up there anyway. She did a famous speech. She said, ain't I a woman? Ain't I a woman? That's right, and, and listen, listen, listen. I, I supported the Me Too movement, but, but the whole time, the whole time, I thought that the way they handled that was stupid. <laughs> it was, it was white, it was like, They were doing shit like going to the Golden Globes and and all of them would be like, let's all go to the Golden Globes and wear black dresses to give these men a piece of our minds. Bitch, that is not gonna work. (laughs) You think Martin Luther King's gonna be like, I want everybody to keep riding the bus, but wear matching outfits. (laughs) You gotta get off the bus and walk. It's real talk, real talk that was a silly movement. I want everybody to wear a crocheted pussy hat so they know we're serious. (laughs) What the fuck was y'all doing? And then I said something about it in one of my specials and all these women actresses came after me. I said, man, fuck y'all too, you canceled. I ain't jerking off to none of your pictures again. They were like, who is he to tell us anything? I'll tell you exactly who I am. I'm the one that got off the bus and left $50 million on the bus and walked. I agreed with these women. I just didn't agree with what they were doing about. Right, right. No, it was annoying as fuck. Because if these women were serious, you know what they would have done? They all would have fired their agents. And they would have went to the mail room of one of these big agencies and found a woman that was busting her hump in there and said, if you want to talk to us, then you have to talk to her. And if they did that, then she would be big and they would be big and nobody would get fed to Harvey Weinstein. But did they do that? No. Was that their idea? No. Surprisingly, it was mine. And what I think the feminist movement needs to be very successful is a male leader. I'll do it. I will. I will lead you women to the promised land. I will make sure you get equal pay, equal work. I will make sure that nobody harasses you or fucks with you on the job. I will protect all of your interests and all that I ask for in return. Was that you suck my dick? <laughs> and now we're right back to square one, aren't we? And now we get to the core of the crisis. What, what is a woman? What is that in this day and time? Is there even such thing as a woman or a man or anything? Hmm, hmm, seems to be a question nowadays. Now listen, women get mad at me, gay people get mad at me, lesbians get mad at me, but I'm gonna tell you right now, and this is true, these transgenders, these niggas want me dead. I've gone too far, I've said too much. (laughs) And I gotta tell you, I'm very worried about it. I'm not even joking. Every time I come out on stage, I be scared. I'll be looking around the crowd, searching for Knuckles and Adam's apples to see where the threats might be coming from. (laughs) A nigga came up to me on the street the other day. He said, careful Dave, they after you. I said, what? One they or many theys. (laughs) Before I even say anything about that community, you must know, and I hope you all feel the same way, I am not indifferent to the suffering of someone else. There's laws, the mean laws. In our country, North Carolina passed a law once that said a person in North Carolina must use the restroom that corresponds with the gender they were assigned on their birth certificate. No, 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 no. No, that's not a good law. That's a mean law. No American should have to present a birth certificate Take a shit at Walmart in Greensboro, North Carolina, where the baby shot and killed a motherfucker. <laughs> you have to ask yourself, if you're thinking about it, who are these laws designed to protect? Like, let's say they designed this law to protect me, my interests. Transphobic comedian Dave Chappelle. And let's say that I'm, uh, I'm in Walmart uh, doing a little shopping with my family. Now, I should tell you, if that ever happens in real life, you should know that my dreams didn't work out. <laughs> but let's say something goes horribly wrong and there I am in Walmart with the poor whites rummaging around for mediocre goods and services. and then I got to go to the restroom. So I excuse myself from my family. I go to the men's room. Now I'm standing at the urinal taking a leak, and, and, and this is what this law is going to do. And suddenly, a woman walks into the men's room. I'm going to be like, that's strange. And then she stands shoulder to shoulder with me at the urinal. I'm going to be like, ugh, bitch, what's going on with you? And then she hikes her skirt up and pulls a real live meaty dick out. <laughs> and what do you think I'm gonna say? <sighs> Thank God she's in here with me. <laughs> at least now I know my family's safe. <laughs> mm No, I'm not gonna feel that way at all. I'm gonna feel very uncomfortable. I would feel better if it was a man with a vagina backed up to the urinal next to me. (laughs) I wouldn't even think about that. I'd just be like, hmm, that's funny. This guy is peeing out of his butt for some reason. Oh my God, he must be a veteran. Thank you for your service. I'm not indifferent to people suffering because I know it's hard to be everybody. We Blacks, we just got our first big holiday in a long time. Happy belated Juneteenth to the Blacks. <laughs> Juneteenth is a strange holiday, isn't it? It commemorates when Black people in Texarkana area of the country first found out they were free. But remember, they were free when they found out they just didn't know it yet. <laughs> very, very interesting holiday. You know, I learned something. It is a wild story. I learned this past Juneteenth of a story that's true. And there was a black man who was in South Carolina during slavery who somehow got granted his freedom by his so-called master. And when his master granted him the freedom, he also gave him a plot of land. Now it turns out this brother was brilliant. He had a good good eye, a good knack for farming. And and he farmed this plot of land very successfully and made a lot of money. And this is where the story gets crazy. Uh, When he got all that money, (laughs) this nigga bought some slaves. (laughs) Have You ever heard this before? This is a true story. Not only was he a slave owner, he became a slave breeder and employed tactics that were so cruel, even white slave owners were like, yo, my man. (laughs) He was a wild dude, but he did it just because that's what successful people did at the time, and he just wanted to be down. What a fucking tragedy. How can a person that went through slavery perpetrate the same evil on a person that looks just like him? It's mind-blowing, and shockingly, They're making a movie about him. Ironically, it's called Space Juice. (laughs) Space
1: Juice.
0: (laughs) The point of that story is this person was invested in a construct that that was the construct of successful people, and he just followed the roadmap of successful people. He followed what they call an incentive. Now, everyone struggles, but I'm very invested in the gender construct, personally, because I'm a man with kids and a wife, and I like that warm, wet, soft pussy that my wife has. (laughs) This does not mean that I feel like another point of view can't exist. I was doing a nightclub in Oakland 16 years ago and, and this is the first time that the trans community ever got mad at me that I knew about. And, and I was nobody, i just quit Chappelle's show, it was like a nothing hole in the wall club and I was doing some transgender jokes in Oakland. It was 16 years ago. My pronoun game was not as nice as it is today. I went too far. I said things like tranny and shit. I didn't know these words were bad, and a woman stood up and and just gave me the business. Started screaming at me, and I'm sure it was a woman, but she kept calling me transphobic and all this shit. I'd never even heard these words before. It was really weird. I didn't trip. I just gave security to look like, you know, get that bitch out of (laughs) here. I kept it moving. And then she went to the press, and the next day, one of the gay papers wrote all of the same things she had said to me about me in the paper. Misquoted the jokes and was calling me transphobic. And again, all these words, I'd never heard them before. But, but every time that I talk with anybody from that community since, they always repeat the talking points from that article. My least favorite of which being, and I hate this phrase, they say, I was punching down on them. Punching down, what the fuck does that mean? Now fast forward, it's 2019. I'm in a restaurant in Ohio, very nice restaurant. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, And to be honest, it's not a very nice restaurant, but it's a nice restaurant if you're a white person from Ohio that's never been anywhere before. Picture Chili's. I'm sitting in the bar, I'm having a drink by myself, and the only other person in the bar is a woman, a couple stools down, and she was alone. and She was older, and that made me feel sad because it was the holidays. So I told the bartender, send that woman a drink on me. She's trying to spread the cheer, and I wish I didn't. <laughs> this woman wanted to talk. She wasn't mean, she was nice, but she just wanted to talk about shit that, you know what I mean, a nigga that's trying to get drunk, don't want to hear about this bitch in her bathroom. And uh, I'm sitting there trying to be polite. Oh, subway towels, word. <laughs> but then she hits a lick, it piqued my interest. She says, my daughter is coming home for the holidays. Go, oh, that's great news. I'm glad she's not going to be alone. And then she goes on and on about, how great her daughter is. I guess her daughter got a new agent. and She's out in Hollywood. She's in movies and on television and all this stuff. And she's telling me this. I'm thinking, this woman is so sweet. She probably doesn't even know who I am or what I do for a living. Because I know what your daughter's out in Hollywood doing. (laughs) And then she goes, would you like to see her picture? Now, I don't want to see this woman's picture, but what am I gonna do? I go, okay, yeah, sure. I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to see the picture. And, and I grab the picture, and this is all I say. This is all I say. <gasps> oh, she's very beautiful. And as she puts the picture away, she she looks mean all of a sudden, like she caught me in some kind of trap. What does that face mean? And then she goes, she's transgender. And I think to myself, oh, this bitch does know who I am. (laughs) I really resented that trap because that trap doesn't let me be honest. If I was honest, I wouldn't fall for it. I just looked at the picture, like, look at that big chiseled jawline, that big thick Joe Rogan neck. Is that a dude? Is your daughter a man? Can't say that shit. It's really annoying. (laughs) Fast forward, now it's a couple days later. It's the Wednesday. (laughs) For the Thursday that's Thanksgiving and I'm in a totally different bar. And this bar, trust me, is not a nice place. It's foul, it's one of those bars with the top shelf, should be under the sink. This is where the poor whites drink, the Tiki-Torch whites. You know what I mean? Them white people, they believe in Q and they love Trump. You know what I mean? Like Michigan white people. I remember I was at this bar one time. This is that kind of bar it is. I was in there one time, I was fucked up. And I, Turn around to everybody in the bar. And go, "Hey everybody, I'm gonna buy everyone in the bar a round of drinks." And all the motherfuckers was like, "Hoorah!" And the bartender knew I was drunk, so she pulled me aside. Miss Chappelle, are you sure about that? That's going to be sixteen dollars. <laughs> Tough time for the whites. And this was a holiday weekend, you know what I mean? These motherfuckers was having a rootin' tootin' time. They was in their party and making all them noises. Woo! Ow! Yow! You know all them noises white people make before lynching? They was doing all that shit. (laughs) I was drunk. I looked over my shoulder. I thought I was tripping. I guess guess who was in the bar, I thought I was seeing things. I looked across the room and I saw the trans bitch from the picture. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I said, what is a trans person doing in a place like this? This is very dangerous behavior. And she was with two big, buff, gay black dudes. I didn't know these dudes, but I know they was gay. If they had a dick in their mouth. They wouldn't look any gayer than they did just sitting there. They had 1980s gay face. You know what that is? Remember in the 80s when gay people looked surprised all the time? <laughs> Close your mouth, nigga. What's surprising? You know what I mean? <laughs> but they was huge. They looked like Juicy Smouye's trainers. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, these motherfuckers in a line of trouble. So what I do is I stand up and everybody in the bar likes me, so I make a big show of it to make sure that everyone can hear me. I walk right up to her, and I go, hey, I just met your mother the other night, and she told me all the great things you're doing in Hollywood, and I cannot believe that someone from a podunk place like this can achieve all that. I'm so proud of you. Welcome home. And the whole bar said, hoorah. (laughs) And I said, whew. That ought to buy her some time. You know what I mean? A couple more drinks and these fellas are gonna start asking her for some pussy she might not have. (laughs) And she was very gracious. She said, thank you so much. And we shook hands and as she was shaking my hand, her face turned mean like her mom's. And she said, do you mind not punching down on my people? Oh, I don't like that. Normally, I would have let it go, but I was drunk. (laughs) I said, what might you mean, bitch? (laughs) I was careful to call her a bitch because I didn't want to blow her cover. (laughs) Turns out she wasn't hiding. She was loud, she was proud. She let me have it in front of everybody. Screaming at me, all the talking points from that article. You transphobic, this and that. Kept clapping her hands in my face. Let me tell you something. I said we learned this from black bitches. kept doing, Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> she kept calling transgenders her people. Isn't that weird? My people, this. My people, that. I said, what do you mean your people? Was y'all kidnapped in Transylvania brought here as slaves? <laughs> She said, my people have struggled for decades, honey. Decades! And I looked at them gay black dudes like, is there anything you niggas need to tell this bitch? (laughs) Clifford, Clifford. (laughs) I'm exaggerating, she's actually a very nice person and and I'm cool with her now, but boy, that shit got on my nerves. And it got on my nerves because whenever someone says that to me, I know they've never seen me for themselves. They just repeat what they've heard. Any of you who have ever watched me know that I have never had a problem with transgender people. If you listen to what I'm saying, clearly my problem has always been with white people. I have been arguing with the whites my entire career. just when I thought I had you guys on the ropes, you changed all the rules. Oh, yeah? Yeah, motherfucker.
1: Well,
0: I'm a girl now, nigger, and you must treat me as such. (laughs) Call me a girl, nigger. It's annoying as fuck. No, no. Go back, go back tonight after the show. Watch every special I did on Netflix. Listen to everything I ever said about that community. I'll go through them. I said, how much do I have to participate in your self image? I said, you shouldn't discuss this in front of black people. I said, I know niggas in Brooklyn that wear high heels just feel safe. I asked you, why is it easier for Bruce Jenner to change his gender than it is for Cassius Clay to change his name? If you listen to what I'm saying, I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about us and they don't listen. (laughs) It's very annoying. And they've canceled people that are more powerful than me. They canceled JK Rowling. My God, JK Rowling wrote all the Harry Potter books by herself. (laughs) She sold so many books, the Bible worries about her. And they canceled her because she said in an interview, and this is not exactly what she said, but effectually, she said, gender was a fact. And then the trans community got mad as shit. They started calling her a TERF. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. But I know that trans people make up words to win arguments. So I looked it up. TERF is an acronym stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. This is a real thing. This is a group of women that hate transgender. They don't hate transgender women, but they look at trans women the way we Blacks might look at blackface. It offends them. Like, ooh, this bitch is doing an impression of me. (laughs) Now, I shouldn't speak on this, because I am not a woman, nor am I a trans. But as we've established, I am a feminist. That's right. I'm Team Turf. I agree. I agree, man. Gender is a fact. You have to look at it from a woman's perspective. Look at it like this. Caitlyn Jenner, whom I've met, wonderful person. Caitlyn Jenner was voted Woman of the Year. Her first year as a woman. Ain't that something? Beat every bitch in Detroit, she's better than all of you. (laughs) Never even had a period, ain't that something? (laughs) Oh, I'd be mad as shit if I was a woman. I'd be mad if I was me. If I was in a BET Awards sitting there and they're like, and the winner for nigger of the year. (laughs) Eminem, my man. (laughs) Gender is a fact, this is a fact. Every human being in this room, every human being on Earth, had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on Earth. That is a fact. Now, I am not saying that to say that trans women aren't women. I am just saying that those pussies that they got You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm not saying it's not pussy, but that's like beyond pussy or impossible pussy. You know what I mean? It, It tastes like pussy, but that's not quite what it is, is it? It's not blood, that's beet juice. I'm in trouble now. Before I go, I want to share this story with you because it's important to this point. I want your community to know that one of the coolest people I ever met was a transgender woman. And this is not a man that I knew that became a woman. This woman was trans when I met her lived in San Francisco, Daphne Dorman is her name. I would do 18 shows in the Bay Area, sometimes in Oakland and Dirty Hood nightclub, and she would be there, a white trans woman, laughing loud and hard at everything I said, especially the trans jokes, very puzzling. (laughs) Because she was obviously trans. And one night after one of the shows, I met her. And what it was, turns out, It was her dream to be a comedian, and I was her hero. It's very moving. I could not dislike somebody that felt that way about me. We became fast friends. And when I made that special Sticks and Stones, right as it was coming out, I happened to be in San Francisco and I wanted to do a show, but I needed an opening act. And I remembered that trans woman I had met, so I called her on the phone. And, and I called her myself. I said, hey, Daphne, this is Dave Chappelle. She couldn't believe it. And then I go, I'm in San Francisco. And then she started saying a bunch of wild stuff. I was like, relax now. I don't want any pussy. I was, um... <laughs> I was calling because I'm doing a show and I, I need an opening act. And I was wondering if you'd open the show. And she was like, fuck yeah. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but, but this woman had only done stand-up comedy eight times in her life. This is little to no experience. A- and now she's about to open a show f- for what many call the GOAT. <laughs> she's an amateur in stature, but in practice, she was very professional. She showed up early, which is something I appreciate, because I like people to be on time. She was dressed to the motherfucking nines. I mean, I'm transphobic, and even I was like, you look nice. <laughs> Went up on the stage with all the swag of a professional comedian, grabbed that mic, and walked right down the middle, and looked at the crowd like a gangster. Man, you should have seen her work. This bitch bombed for 45 minutes straight. <laughs> And I am not exaggerating young man. That show was terrible. <laughs> Stunk. Stunk. And then she brings me on and, you know, you know, I was like a glass of water after a handful of salt. The crowd was happy to see me. I was killing it. But here's what impressed me. Any other comedian I've ever seen, if they had bombed as bad as she did, would have snuck out of the back of the theater and went home and cried or something. And She didn't do that. Not only did she not leave, she found a seat right up in front. You know, when a new comedian watches an experienced comedian in comedy, we call this taking class. And this bitch took my whole class. She sat up there and was laughing as hard as she always laughs, as if nothing bad had even happened to her. And I saw her show. Something bad happened to her. (laughs) She was drunk. So she starts talking to me while I'm on stage. But the way a person would talk to a television when they were alone, she's talking to me like that. That didn't bother me, because I knew her. But the crowd didn't like that shit at all, because she sucked. And a guy in the back of the room stood up. And Daphne's hair was dyed blonde at the time, and the guy screamed out, and his energy felt wild as fuck. He said, Hey Daphne, and everybody kinda clamped, like got <laughs> tense. We didn't know if it was a heckler or active shooter. And he said, he said, does the carpet match the drapes? Yeah, it was fucked up. The whole crowd kind of groaned because it was so like mean. Everybody groaned, except for Daphne she kind of laughed, which was weird. And then she didn't even look all the way back. She said, sir, I don't have carpets. I have hardwood floors. Just like that. (laughs) Just like that. And boy, when she said that shit, it blew the roof off the place. (laughs) Cut through all the tension with that one joke she made up for 45 minutes of a stinker of a show. And after that, she could do no wrong. And I kept on rocking. She kept on talking to me. And then the show became something cooler than a show. She became like a conversation between a black man and a white trans woman. And we started getting to the bomber shit. All of them questions that you think about that you'd be afraid to ask, I was just asking them. And she was answering them. And her answers were funny as shit. The crowd was falling out of their chairs. And at and, and the end of the show, I go, Oh, Daphne, I said, Well, that was fun. I go, I go, I love you to death, but I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. The whole crowd laughed, except for Daphne. Now she looks at me like I'm not her friend anymore. Like I'm something bigger than me. Like I'm the whole world in a guy. And she said, I don't need you to understand me. I said, what? She said, I just need you to believe, just like this. She goes, that I'm having a human experience. And when she said it, the whole crowd kind of gasped. And I gave it a fight club look. <laughs> I said, I believe you, bitch. <laughs> because she didn't say anything about pronouns. She didn't say anything about me being in trouble. She said, just believe I'm a person and I'm going through it. You oh, know, I believe you because it takes one to know one. Then I told the crowd good night, and they start going crazy. And before the applause gets to its crescendo, I say, and don't forget my opening act, Daphne. And the crowd stood up and I looked at her and tears came out of her eyes. She couldn't believe it was happening. I couldn't believe it was happening because her show stunk. <laughs> and it was a great night. I remember the late, great Paul Mooney was there, a bunch of fly ass comedy niggas was there. And we all went backstage and was just drinking and talking shit and laughing and Daphne stole the room. She had everyone cracking up, spinning the yarn, telling us all these crazy stories about shit she be into. We all laughing real hard. And then she's telling us and everyone's laughing. I'm looking around, I'm like, oh my God, she is funny. I pulled her aside and I said, you're hilarious. I didn't know that when you were on stage. I said, you're doing some things wrong, but I can help you. I said, anytime I'm in San Francisco, why don't you open the show for me and I'll just try to give you some pointers see if you can't work this thing out. And she said, are you serious? I was like, yeah. And she grabbed me real tight, hugged me, squeezed me. And I pushed her off violently, because I'm transphobic. I said, boundaries, bitch! When Sticks and Stones came out, a lot of people in the trans community were furious with me and apparently they dragged me on Twitter. I don't give a fuck because Twitter's not a real place. (laughs) And the hardest thing for a person to do is go against their tribe if they disagree with their tribe. But Daphne did that for me. She wrote a tweet that was very beautiful, and what she said was, it was almost exactly what she said. She said, punching down on someone requires you to think less of them, and I know him, and he doesn't. He doesn't punch up, he doesn't punch down, he punches lines, and he's a master at his craft. That's what she said. Beautiful tweet beautiful friend. It took a lot of heart to defend me like that. And when she did that, the trans community dragged that bitch all over Twitter. <laughs> For days they was going in on her and she was holding her own cause she's funny. But six days after that wonderful night I described to you, my friend Daphne killed herself. Oh yeah, it's a true story. My heart was broken. Yeah, it wasn't the jokes. I don't know if it was them dragging her, I don't know what's going on in her life, but I bet dragging her didn't help. I was very angry at them, I was very angry at her. I felt like Daphne lied to me. She always says she identified as a woman, and then one day she goes up to the roof of a building and jumps off and kills herself. Clearly, only a man would do some gangster shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Hear me out. As hard as it is to hear a joke like that, I'm telling you right now, Daphne would have loved that joke. That's why she was my friend. I was reading her obituary and I found out she was survived by a daughter. Uh, And the moment I found that out, and this is true, Anderson Cooper from CNN texted me. And all he said was very nice. He said, I'm sorry to hear about your friend. And, and, and I texted him right back, uh, new phone, who this? <laughs> he said, it's Anderson Cooper. I said, oh, I said Anderson. I go, look, I need to find her family. And, and he texted me right back with all the phone numbers and all this information. I say this and say, if you ever wanna know about anything gay, call Anderson Cooper from CNN. <laughs> This nigga is faster than Google. <laughs> and what I did is I got in touch with the family and I started a trust fund for her daughter because I know that's all she ever really cared about. Yeah. And I don't know what the trans community did for her, but I don't care because I feel like she wasn't their tribe. She was mine. She was a comedian in her soul. (laughs) Her daughter is very young, but I hope to be alive when she turns 21, because I'm going to give her this money myself. And by then, by then, I'll be ready to have the conversation that I'm not ready to have today. But I'll tell that little girl, young lady, I knew your father. (laughs) And he was a wonderful woman. (laughs) Empathy is not gay. Empathy is not black. Empathy is bisexual. (laughs) It must go both ways. Must go both ways. Remember, taking a man's livelihood is akin to killing him. I'm begging you, please do not abort the baby. <laughs> Kevin Hart dreamt his entire life of hosting the Oscars, and when he finally got the job, they just took it. It's not fair. They didn't kill him, Kevin's a strong guy, but I'm sure it broke old Clifford's heart. (laughs) It's over. QIZ, Q-Y-Z, it is over. (laughs) I am not telling another joke about you until we are both sure that we are laughing together. I'm telling you, this is done, I'm done talking about it. All I ask from your community, with all humility, will you please stop punching down on my people? Thank you very much and good night. I the red, the black, and the green at the crossroad with a key.